Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 517 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Lee. And uh, Lee commented on the YouTube video of mine where I talk about articulate legato um, touch in early organ music. I demonstrate how it sounds and uh, versus normal legato. Normal legato is when notes are connected and articulate legato are where there is some detachment with, between the notes. Right? Um, so he, he asks, how would articulate legato be notated in a score versus normal legato? Thanks. <laughs> Osha? Well, this question makes me smile a little bit because articulate legato is um, supposed to be played for... It's intended for Baroque music, for early music. Mm-hmm. So if you... Uh, playing, let's say, a piece by J.S. Bach or, you know, Dietrich Buxtehude or other, you know, early masters, you simply know that everything that is written and it's written in a normal score without any articulation marks should be played in articulate legato. Right. But? But you only play legato those spots where it are specifically written in. Ah, I see. Plus, you need to know to find a good edition. It means if you will pick up, for example, an edition made by Marcel Dupré, you can just simply throw it away. Because it's all marked in you know, legato and other articulation marks, but these are not original. These are added later by Marcel Dupré. Yeah, and uh, Marcel Dupré legato fingering and pedaling uh, are dated, are basically um, not used in uh, informed, historically historically informed uh, early performance practice style. Um, of course, we don't, of course, have uh, CD recordings from Baroque times. From 17th and 18th century. Yeah, but remember also, we do have 
for example, several pieces recorded on a mechanical clock from yes. 18th century. Yes. Handel's concerto, for example, yes. with multiple virtuosic embellishments. That's right. Plus, you know, the greatest evidence that we have are, you know, surviving instruments. Simply, if you would play legato on the Baroque instruments, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And we just have to look at other instruments which share the same uh, articulation, strings, winds. Yes, and you know, we have also many treatises from that time survived uh, about playing various instruments, not necessarily the organ. But uh, let me just mention probably the few famous ones, such as uh, C.P. Bach's, you know, the art of playing clavier, true art of playing clavier, then big, you know, book uh, of Joachim Quantz uh, on playing a flute. Yeah. Then, you know, Leopold Mozart on playing violin. And basically, if you would read all these books, you would find, you know, the sections talking about articulation. And you will see that, you know, Baroque music was, you know, all about articulation. And um, similarly to keyboard music, string music like violin music also had a similar articulation done with uh, bowing yes and bow bow the bow itself was no shorter than it is you know in a modern violin or other string instruments so obviously you had to articulate much more mm-hmm. well exactly and um, and you know um, when you change the direction of the bow, there is a slight break between those two notes. And that's what creates this ideal articulation. Yes, and you know, for many beginners, when we start to articulate Baroque music, we simply start to play it too, too detached. It sounds like staccato and it makes me you know, laugh because it really sounds you know, like a comedy. <laughs> Artificial. Artificial. It's not 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 like you know, <laughs> not like it it needs to sound. The the principle is that you sort of play with one finger, but as legato as possible. So basically, to master this uh, ordinary touch, it's no, it's it takes time. It takes time and it takes effort and it takes to listen carefully to what you are doing. You cannot, you know, do it in, in one night or you know, one year, I would say, too. Unless you are very s- sufficient mm-hmm. in your practice. Uh, what about uh, the wind instrument, tanging? Uh, is it also similar to... Yes, it's very similar. ...to what we do? Practically, we had to, 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 to tank each, each, each single note in most of the cases. Unless it's written yes. legato. That's right. Mm-hmm. Or staccato, then it would be shorter. And no, wind and organ, wind instruments and organ has so much in common because we all, we both have pipes. So I guess this also suggests that, you know, the 
correct way, you know, to to play Baroque music is to articulate it. Mm-hmm. So, guys, if you want to find out more about um, uh, articulation of early music, uh, check out those uh, three treatises. We will link them uh, in our uh, description of the conversation. The one with uh, the treatise by C.P. Bach about playing uh, keyboard instruments, basically clavier, as he says. Uh, And the next is by Joachim Kvans on playing the flute. And the last one is uh, by Leopold Mozart, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's father, on playing violin. Yes. And, and those three three treatises will give you a great, great introduction, not only to this idea of ordinary touch, or as we call it today, articulate legato, but also to all kinds of performance practice issues, including fingering, uh, arti- ornamentation, for example, um, diminutions, all those details that make your baroque piece sound like it it uh, might have been performed back in the day yes and no the biggest contra argument that i heard about why do we need to do it nowadays we mostly play on the modern instruments and so on and so forth but even if you play articulate legato on a modern instrument it still sounds better in this kind of music at least for my ear. Obviously, yes. Uh, it's it's more difficult to articulate on a modern instrument because the keys are um, wider and longer, um, and um, the feeling of the keyboard is different, right? But if you apply this ordinary touch right away, you don't have to relearn it uh, if you ever have a chance to practice on a historical instrument or a copy of the historical instrument. True, and that's what I think is, you know, that separates just an ordinary musician from, you know, excellent musician, that you, you know, you relearn in time. Because, for example, the older generation, for example, our professors, Quentin Faulkner and George Ritchie, we had to relearn it because as the young, young people, we were, you know, taught to play legato and to do some only some articulation in Baroque music. But later on, you know, all this big discovery, you know, basically based on, you know, on German German organists, you know, um, such as Harald Vogel or you know Ludger Lohmann became famous throughout the organist world and. Some some older generation we didn't want to accept it. I have met some of them personally, and we would be complaining, you know, oh, where is this youth that nowadays, you know, play all, all Bach, you know, non legato, and we call it ordinary touch, and we see this is the way that Bach, you know, played. And this youth was like over fifty years old. Yes, yes, <laughs> but that guy who told me that, I think at that time he was more than 80 years old already, he was, you know, pupil by famous German organist, Karl Straube. Yeah. So, and Straube was the same in German at that time as, you know, 
Marcel Dupré in, in France, so really a bleeding figure. And of course, he taught this you know, guy that I knew to play legato, and he trusted him because he was you know, so renowned organist worldwide you know, in his days. But you no, know, the life is changing, and new discoveries are made. So, you know, our professors, Richard and Faulkner, we simply relearned everything. Yeah. And as long as you keep learning, you postpone the aging process, the, which is really good news. Well, and anyway, you know, when you hear one performance and another one, and when you compare them, then you know right away which is, you know, a uh, right one. Because, you know, your intuition tells you that. And after, you know, trying that ordinary touch, you will never go back to playing Bach Legato. Thank you, guys. This was with us. And Osha. Uh, please send us more of your questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your essays, courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vides and Osha. Thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total-organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime.
Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.